This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Oh my goodness me! What a fantastic goal! What a goal! That is absolutely superb! Huge cheers go up around Emirates Stadium. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast for the week of the 13th of November 2017. I'm your host, Russell Hargreaves. Coming up on today's show, Alex Iwobi on taking his country to next summer's World Cup. We look at the letter N in the A to Z of Arsenal, while Adrian Clark is back at the chalkboard to look ahead to another huge North London derby. We kick off, though, by going around the club with Arsenal Media's Max Jones. It's time to go around the club with Max Jones. So Max joins us on the line now. Morning, sir. How are you? Morning, Russ. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Not too bad. And quite a few happy gunners, given their international commitments of the last couple of days. We'll start with Granit Xhaka and Switzerland, of course, who qualified for the World Cup. Yeah, I mean, looking at the uh, the international call-ups that we've had, Granit's actually our, our 12th player to qualify for the World Cup. So you know, that's that's impressive as, as we look at it just on the whole. Um, but yeah, looking at the two games, because obviously... He, he was our only gunner in action during the uh, during the international playoffs. Um, Northern Ireland actually played very well, um, and they could probably say that they were hard done by with a controversial penalty decision. Um, but I do feel like, on the whole, um, after Switzerland did win nine out of ten of their group games, you feel like they deserve to be there. And Jacker as well, he's, he's been instrumental in some of their performances. He didn't show his his best stuff against. Northern Ireland, but in the majority of the other qualification games, he's uh, he's definitely shown his range of passing and, and some good goals too. So Xhaka is there. We know that France, of course, are there as well. Olivier Giroud scoring against Aaron Ramsey's Wales to become their seventh time all-time leading scorer in their friendly. That's not a bad effort, is it? No, it's not. I mean, he's, he's got 15 goals in his last 22 games for France. Um, and of course, now he's, he's only two goals away from equaling the great Zinedine Zidane's record. Um, but I think more importantly for, for Olivier, he's just one goal behind his childhood her- uh, hero, Jean-Pierre Papin. So when we spoke to him in April, I believe it was, when he'd only just broken into the uh, the top 10 scorers, he said, I don't care how many I get, just as long as I can match uh, Jean-Pierre Papin's total. And I mean, he's he's getting close to that every time he plays. 
Um, but yeah, I, I mean, just on, on Giroud in general, I, I kind of like, like to speak about um, about him and, and how much flack he gets because for, for a player who is consistent in, in front of goal in, in Premier League standards and obviously at international level as well, um, he does get a lot of criticism. But I think the way that he handles it and the way that he carries himself into each game where you know he keeps his head up, he always provides an outlet. Um, I, I think he's a brilliant player and he's, he's been a great servant for Arsenal over the years. Um, for someone his size, his work rate and first touch is brilliant. And I mean, you only need to look as far as Anton Griezmann, who said that he loves playing with him because he provides the perfect foil. So instead of France just going a bit one-dimensional and, and punting it long towards Giroud, they've got Giroud and Griezmann running off him. And I'd, I'd kind of like to see him do that in a in a two for Arsenal in, in maybe the games that we're expected to win alongside Alexandre Lacazette because I think that they could be a, a devastating partnership. Mm. Lacazette and Kishoni, of course, playing in that French game as well. Now, let's go on to age group level. And every time we talk about Arsenal age group level, it seems to be Eddie and Ketia, doesn't it? Whether it's the uh, under-18s recently, the under-23s now, whether it's the Arsenal teams in the Carabao Cup, the Europa League, and now England under-19s as well. Brilliant. Yeah, I mean, every time we seem to uh, we seem to catch up, Russ, it's Eddie and Ketia who spills all the headlines. Um, and I, I know it's it's only November, but he's having a great season so far. Um, you know, we both know that he's been scoring for fun in our academy, but two goals on his home debut against Norwich, like you said there, uh, followed by four goals against Faroe Islands for, for England under-19. Um, now, I'll just reel off some stats for you here. So he, he got four goals in two games for England under-18s, and he's now got eight goals in five games for England under-19s, which includes five goals in just two games during this uh, qualifying campaign. Um, but what's impressed me most about him, actually, is, is that while he used to pick up quite a few goals in under-18s games for us, so where, where we'd win 4-0, he'd usually score two or three, maybe even four, um, now he's scoring the crucial winners. He's, he's timing his goals perfectly. And that winner against Iceland on Sunday, uh, Saturday, I should say, uh, means that England under-19s have already qualified for the um, elite stage of uh, European under-19 championship qualification after just two games. Um, so he's a player I can't wait to see more of um, in the Carabao Cup and the, the Europa League this season. I'm just hoping that he can continue his scoring form because he is untouchable at the moment. Brilliant, brilliant. OK, let's move on to Arsenal's women then. There are two major stories here. The first is the departure of Pedro Losa as manager and a new man, Joseph Montemoro, due pretty soon at the helm. Yeah, I mean, it's a real shame about, about Pedro Martinez Loza because for us, um, working within Arsenal media, he was, he was great to deal with. He was always very honest and very transparent with us. Um, and he also gave us that unforgettable day at Wembley, of course, when we beat Chelsea in the FA Cup final as, as the underdogs, um, which was uh, a moment which I'm sure he'll savour as much as we will. Uh, but unfortunately, sometimes you do need a bit of a shake-up and Although we have had that cup success, we've we've slipped behind Manchester City and Chelsea in the Women's Super League over the last few seasons. Um, so yeah, it's, it's Joe Montemuro who comes in. Um, he's got a really good record actually with with Melbourne City. He did lots of youth coaching in Australia, but he also uh, seized his opportunity when he when he made the step up to to senior football. Um, and in his first season with Melbourne City Women, he actually led them to an unbeaten championship winning campaign and then the following season when you thought he couldn't top it he went and did it again so I mean he's, he's a really talented manager by the looks of things a really promising coach to bring in 
Um, and the, the other important thing from those two championship winning campaigns is that Kim Little was was part of one of them. And obviously, with her being such a, a senior figure in the Arsenal women's squad, we're hoping that we can see the very best of her and, and the very best of him coming together and, and working well for Arsenal. And as we continue to have kind of a bit of a changing of the guard, the brilliant Alex Scott's announced her retirement at the end of this season, hasn't she, after what would be uh, 20 years at the club? Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's an incredible, incredible um, achievement for her. I mean, she's won nine league trophies and seven women's FA Cups in, in her three spells with us. Um, and after after she did retire from international football last month, I kind of expected her to maybe play here for another year. Um you know, she's only 33, so I thought maybe she'd she'd have a, a year or two maybe left in her in, in domestic football. But um, she knows that she she's got great options in the broadcasting world. And uh, you know, if, if you turn on the TV and there's sport on, the chances are that Alex Scott will be there in some capacity covering it. So she's she's done really well with that. And I'm I'm sure if she uh, if she applies herself in the same way that she did with her football career, she's she's going to be fine. But um, yeah, from my point of view, she, she's she's grown up here. She was one of the players that Vic Akers brought through when when he was manager all those years ago. Um, I mean, she really gets the values of the club, and I hope that we can keep her here in some capacity beyond those playing days, uh, because I'm sure she's she'll be a great role model not only for not only for the young girls coming through, but also for the young boys. They they can look at her and think that's how a, a professional footballer needs to behave, and and they can learn something from that. Let's finish, if we can, then, Max, with a word on Josh De Silva, who's received a nomination for the Premier League 2 Player of the Month for October. Good work from the young lad. Yeah, and he's he's another one who's, who's looked really promising in this next batch of youngsters coming through. Um, and on them as well, it, it's certainly the most talented and hardworking group that I've, I've seen in some time. Um, but Josh has been here since he was eight, and although he has featured at left wing back and, and centre back when he's been called up to play for the first team in the Carabao Cup and the Europa League as well this season, um, what people may not know is that he's, he's actually a really tricky midfielder who uh, who's used to, to being on the ball a lot in the middle of the park and, and creating things. Um, but yeah, on, on the award in general, he was he was beaten to it by West Ham's Declan Rice, um, who's been playing in the Premier League. Um, quite consistently for West Ham. I believe he was a big part of their squad that beat um, Tottenham Hotspur in the in their League Cup as well. So, you know, it's, it, it, doesn't, it shouldn't say too much about Josh that, it, that he didn't win because he's up against some, some good opposition. But it is nice to see him recognised and, and awarded for his consistent performances. Um, and it's also worth mentioning that he's, he's a bit of a dead ball specialist. So, uh, so look out for that. Max, thank you very much indeed for letting us go around the club with you. Great stuff as ever. Cheers, Ross. Pleasure. Alex Awobi scored Nigeria's winning goal against Zambia last month that took the Super Eagles to next summer's World Cup finals in Russia. Here's Alex talking to Arsenal Media's Nick Brumsack about that game and the prospect of going to the World Cup. So Alex, let's go back um, to Nigeria's World Cup qualifier against Zambia in Oyo. Um, talk us through it. How did it feel to, to score the goal that sent your country to the World Cup? It's so hard to describe it now. I mean, when I actually scored, the moment was crazy. I remember running off celebrating, I almost cried, I actually almost cried because to see my, how like the fans were reacting, see my mum and dad in the stand, like, it was just an amazing feeling. What was the atmosphere like in the stadium when you scored the goal and also at full time? Uh, when I scored the goal, like 
because the, the security are very strict, fans were trying to come on the pitch as I scored while the security was stopping them. And then after, like, the, the fans, like, they, like, played trumpets and banged drums, so the players were just dancing. It was just, just crazy. I mean, how did you celebrate after the game? You mentioned the atmosphere there, there in the stands. What was it like in the dressing room? I mean, the dressing room was just throwing ice everywhere, throwing water, everyone was just excited. Just all these, like, what is it, Lucasade bottles. Instead of just throwing water, throwing Lucasade bottles, everyone smelling of Lucasade. It was just an amazing feeling. How proud does it make you to represent your country? Because you've always been very loud, I guess you could say, about representing Nigeria and, and your love for the country. Um, yeah, it's, it's my, basically my family's where they're from, where I'm from, my homeland. So it's always an honour to wear the green, white, green. I mean, I've seen so many kids on the street when we're like in the bus, they're just screaming, oh, go to Nigeria, go to Nigeria. So to represent them, I'm just proud. What does it feel like when you get the chance to go back to the, the land of your birth? Um, it makes me feel grateful for what I have because I've always grown up in England so I didn't really know what it was like back then. When I go back, I see how people struggle in life. It's not as easy as it is over here. So it gives me that reality check but I also try to help other people out there as well. It must give you a great sense of comfort then to, to be able to bring such happiness with, with a goal like the one you scored against Zambia. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was just the way they were like, it's almost like we won the, some, everyone won the lottery. They were just all jumping and... To go to the World Cup, you can see it's not just the players' dream, it's the fans' dream as well. And for me to get the goal to, for us to go through, just, I'm just proud to do that. We've seen on your Instagram story and your Snapchat as well that there seems to be a really close bond in the squad when you're together. What can you tell us about that? Um, we're like family. Everyone there is like family. We treat everyone as family. If a new player comes in straight away, we're welcoming them. And yeah, that's the best way to play. We're basically one big family. We'll fight for each other and do everything with each other. Have, have bands, but also very serious. So. It's just one big family, that's the way to describe it. What's the best way to welcome? How will you go about doing that? Like for new players, if we have dinner, they'll have to sing, dance, they have to introduce themselves. But it's just not, it's, it's weird. I don't know how to describe it. They have to like, you have to be enthusiastic. And if you're not, everyone will make sure you are. It's just so funny. I wish I could record all of them, but I wasn't able to. It's still a while away, but have you let yourself think ahead to, to next summer at all yet? No, not yet. I take it game by game, day by day. I mean, obviously, right now I'm back at Arsenal, so I'm thinking about the next game of Arsenal, really. Mm. Nigeria World Cup 2014. I'm, I'm sure you, you watched the games there. How do you and your family watch them? Back then? Mm. Um, how did we watch it back then? I think we had family round and we're just screaming out of my family. They were singing songs while we're playing, everyone just eating and, like, traditional Nigerian food. And just like, well, we expected them to do better than we thought, but at the end of the day, we were proud of our country for actually doing their best and qualifying. So, yeah, that's how we watched it. Looking at the stats now, I think Nigeria have only lost two of their last 13 games. Um, why are things going so well at the moment? Um, we all fight for each other. I mean, the coaches now, like, they treat us well. They, everything's much better now. And, I wouldn't be able to put my finger on it, but I'd say we all fight for each other. We're all consistently doing well, doing well in our clubs as well. Everyone's fit, strong, and yeah, the chemistry's better as well, so that's probably why. The A. To Z. Or Charlie George, you can hit him. Oh, look, here he goes. Here he is towards Henri. 
N is for Nicholas, Champagne Charlie, who joined us from Celtic in 1983. And after a rather difficult start to his Arsenal career, he became a cult hero by scoring the winner in the 1987 League Cup final. Sanson. Anderson. The first goal, I actually missed a peach of a chance just before it and I hit the post and it came back out and Viv put it back in to the area again and tapping and I just remember Tony Adams just about half strangling me in the celebration. I, I, I didn't even get a chance to celebrate, I was on the run and of course I wasn't the quickest so Tony Adams had kind of wrapped his arms round my throat and I just remember thinking we're back in the game. Sanson. Groves. Sometimes it's just fate. I'm a realist, and it's fate. And I, I didn't stab the, the second goal at all. Well, I tried to play it near post, and I hit Ronnie Whelan's heel, and deflected by Groblar into the far post. But the little Woods Cup was a fantastic success for me. And it's also for Enketia. Eddie has made it to the first-team squad this season and announced himself to the Emirates faithful in the last round of the Carabao Cup in some considerable style. Corner, left-hand side. Walcott will take it, right-footed to the near post. Glancing header goes in! Who got the touch on that? And it could be Eddie Enketia. He's only been on the field of play for a matter of seconds. What an introduction for the 18-year-old. He will remember this for the rest of his life. It is Arsenal 1, Norwich 1. Sensational start to your Emirates career. He's only played away from home in an Arsenal first-team shirt. Johnny on the spot, that's what he's done. Finally, N is for the team that Eddie bagged that brace against, Norwich City. We faced the Canaries some 58 times through the years, winning 28 of those encounters. And in recent times, we've scored some rather memorable goals against the Carrow Road side. Gibbs... Wilshire is so tight in that penalty area. Space maybe for Ramsey. He's in here. Aaron Ramsey all the way. Oh! oh, my word. That's a lovely finish by Aaron Ramsey. There is no keeping this man down. A ninth goal of the season for the Welshman and victory for Arsene Wenger's Arsenal. Kazola, chance to run it. Russell Martin. Wilshire. Kazola. Giroud gets it back through. Wilshire onside and scores Norwich completely static and caught out by the through ball from Giroud and the eventual finish from Wilshire. Wow, what football this is from Arsenal. Absolutely unstoppable. One touch football. It's just beautiful to watch. Here's Rosicki onto Giroud. Thought about the shot. Now plays one in. It's a good ball. There's Ramsey. What a goal from Aaron Ramsey. An absolute rocket. The Chalkboard with Adrian Clark. So Adrian Clark joins me at the Chalkboard. Clarky, how's it going? Hey Russ, yeah, all good, thank you. Uh, nice and refreshed, uh, weekend off. Um, but yeah, plenty to look forward to in the coming weeks. We'll exhaust you again in no time, don't you worry. <laughs> and it all starts with quite a tricky question on the Chalkboard, I'd say. Your best and worst North London derby memories. Yeah, well, there were a lot of good ones, let's face it. I mean, Arsenal have generally had the upper hand in recent years. The one that stands out got to be the 2012 
2012 5 tour because we did do it twice of course um, but that one stands out because it was all going so horribly wrong 2-0 down, down early on and then I, th- I think I'm right in saying that 5 goals in 27 minutes just blew Tottenham away and the atmosphere inside Emirates that day was unbelievable um, has to go down as one of the best best ever at worst I, I, I genuinely can't think of, of too many at first team level but I did lose to Spurs in the Arsenal youth team a few times Ooh. they had a terrific youth team at the time they Sol Campbell with one of the players that Stuart Nevercott Darren Caskey Andy Turner quite a lot of players that went on to play in the first team Jeff Minton and um, yeah I remember playing at White Hart Lane in a Southern Junior Floodlit Cup semi-final and I think we were leading from the first leg and they overturned it they beat us at White Hart Lane I remember sitting in that dressing room afterwards and it was just horrendous at the time, you just think it's the end of the world. You've lost to Tottenham um, in, in such a big game. So, yeah, losing to Spurs any time was, was not good. So, the 12.30 kickoff on Saturday, Arsenal-Spurs in the Premier mm. League. Um, let's go from a must-not-lose angle for almost both teams for slightly different reasons, but to some degree, the same point applies, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I would say from, from Arsenal's perspective, it's a must-win, really. I mean... I mean you don't want to be going into a game like this thinking a draw's okay. Based on current form, Spurs probably are the, are the better side. I think we, we have to face up to that. But that's not to say that Arsenal can't win this game if they're, if they're on it and if, they're, um, if they play to their potential. So, no, I think it's, it's, a, it's a must-win game for Arsenal to, to reignite their season after that disappointment against Manchester City. For Spurs, yeah, I guess if, they, if they've got title aspirations themselves and they were looking to win it as well. But, um, yeah, look, it's going to be an absolute cracker. Um, but look, Spurs... Spurs need to win it. I'll tell you why they need to win this. Pochettino needs to win it. Their away record against the big six is average. As brilliant as they've been, under Pochettino, they've won one. Once, away from home to the top six. Drawn six, lost nine. I'm telling you, even though Spurs are in good form... They have an issue here that they have to overcome at Emirates Stadium. How do we see Arsenal approaching this then with available personnel on the back of the internationals, obviously, and just competition for certain places within their starting eleven as well as we've seen in recent weeks? Yeah, it's a big selection, isn't it, for Arsenal Wenger? I'll tell you who I, who I would be going for. I'd be going for the you know the golden triangle up top. I, I would be picking Alexander Lacazette. I'd be picking Mesut Ozil. I'd be picking Alexis Sanchez. Didn't do it at Manchester City. And I wonder if the manager will look back at that and think oh, maybe I should maybe I should have should have trusted them to do that uh, to do the job that day, um, but I would certainly go with those three because that immediately gives the Tottenham back three plenty to think about. You know, in, in terms of who else is available, let's see. Um, central midfield is interesting. Maybe maybe Jack Wilshere. I don't think Jack Wilshere will will get a start, but personally, I wouldn't be averse to to seeing him start this game. Look. Arsenal have, Arsenal have got to play superbly to win this game, but they're capable. Same question, I guess, regarding Spurs. We see one or two injury mm. niggles and the controversy of <laughs> players that have been well, withdrawn be back, from international they? duty, but let's not even go there. We expect, though, Harry Kane to be absolutely fine, as Maurizio Pochettino said. They'll all be fine, won't they? Winks will play, Ali will play, Kane will play. Maybe Hugo Lloris won't. And that, that could be an issue. I mean, Gazaniga did brilliantly um, in the match against Crystal Palace. Kept, kept Spurs in it, really. Um, but Can you keep that up, though? Well, exactly. He, you would say he might be third goalkeeper for a reason. And it is hard to put back-to-back performances together when, you, when you're rusty. So if he does play, pepper that box, sling balls into the area at every single opportunity. Um, 
Look, I, I think Spurs are get-attable, for sure. I, I, I'm really impressed with them. But Yang Vertonghen, I don't think he's the quickest. I think, you know, if there's issues over Alderweireld's fitness, maybe Eric Dyer will be in that back, back three. I think he's a little bit slow on the turn. We can get at Spurs, but it's going to be a difficult game. So just in terms of the atmosphere at Emirates Stadium and how critical it is to get a win in such a big fixture, given the backdrop, mm. I'm just really, really looking forward to that little build-up where oh. the, the kind of the hairs on the back of your <laughs> neck are, are starting to stand up. Oh, the, the crowd get into it. Look, I think there will be a lot of nerves. I think a lot of Arsenal fans will go into this game feeling... You know, slight bit of trepidation, to be perfectly honest. But they have a responsibility, those that go to Emirates Stadium for the derby, to really create a rousing atmosphere. I think that will feed into the players. And I hope the noise levels will inspire the team to find that extra yard. I want to see Arsenal press, get in the faces of Tottenham in this game, really get after them and go for, go for the jugular right from minute one. I think that will get the crowd up behind them. That's the best. Rather than feeling their way into this game, we need to start fast. You've got a pinstripe shirt on today which is semi-managerial so Clarky, <laughs> um, what would you say if you were Arsene Wenger as you addressed the players in your five second pre-North London derby team talk think fight if you're looking for plump lips that last you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers with Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC your lip look whether it's subtle or bold can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today that's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Believe this is a win at all cost game. Go out nice. and do it. Yeah. I like it. As so says Adrian Clark, time now for another win at all cost game. It's Brain of Arsenal. 
Arsenal. Of the Arsenal Weekly Podcast editor, Liam Roberts, joins us on the line. Liam, how's it going? Morning, Paddis. Yeah, all good. Thanks. How are we all? Yeah, morning. Yeah, very well. Thank you. Clarky's got his North London Derby face on already. You can tell. I like it. I like it. Um, and of course, I've got to have my game face on because I've got a week three challenge with my topic, haven't I? Which on the whole never goes well. Yeah, this uh, could be could be a bit of history happening today if you can uh, if you can get to week four. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's shaking his head, Liam. Um, he's, he's not not hugely confident, but look, he has he has duped us before by pretending that he hasn't revised. So let, let's not fall for it. Oh, he's definitely revised. I can guarantee that. <laughs> right, am I first? Um, I think yes. Your your decision, mate. Do you want to go first? Or? Yeah, I'll go first. Yeah, let's do this. Okay, so uh, Adrian, just remind us, uh, what is your... Well, I always, when I, whenever I'm working at Emirates Stadium, I love bumping into uh, the legend that is Charlie George. He's such a character. Um, he's a tour guide um, most days at the stadium. Great, great fella. And uh, yeah, I've, I've learned a bit more about him. Okay, then. So uh, four questions on Charlie George starting now. Um, how old is Charlie? Oh, how old is Charlie? Oh, oh, I do know his date of birth. He's born in 1950, so that was October 1950, which I believe will make him um, 67. Correct. I was going to try and uh, fool you with yeah, give me the age instead of the date of birth. Yeah, he uh, almost, almost did the trick, yeah. Uh, question two, who did he make his Arsenal debut against? He made his debut against uh, Everton. Correct. How many English clubs did Charlie play for? Oh, no, that's that, that, that's quite hard. Um, how many English clubs? So he played for Arsenal, he played for Derby, he played for Southampton, he played for Nottingham Forest, he played for Bournemouth. Did he then play for a load of foreign teams? I'm going to go... I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with five. And it was actually seven. He went on loan a couple of times as well. Oh. Who to? Um, I'm got it written down in front of me. Wow, Stuart's inquiry then. Yeah. <laughs> you mean on Wikipedia? Okay. I'll, I'll confirm next week. Okay, fine. And question four: Who did Charlie win his only England cap? Against? He won his only England cap um, against the Republic of Ireland, uh, and he played for 60 minutes as a left winger. Had the raving hump, came off, and uh, I think he swore at, at the uh, then England manager, and that was that was it. He never played again. Don Revy, I think it was. Correct. Three out of four. Good effort. Well, yeah, you accuse me of putting there, gloss on the situation with irrelevant facts in your <laughs> answer. So that's exactly what you've just done. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm spewing about this seven clubs, but I'm, I'm going to check it while you do your answers. Okay, go on, go on Wikipedia, mate. Go on Wikipedia. Okay, then. so uh, Russ, you're on to week three. Arsenal Wenger before Arsenal. Okay. Start now, question one: How many languages does the boss speak? Oh, so French, English, German, Japanese. Probably, oh. I mean, I know he speaks at least four. Probably speaks some other. I'll go with four, but I have a feeling it's probably more. Um, it's actually six. Oh, what a clever Same as Jose Mourinho. Uh, uh, can I ask you the other two, or do we have to refer to our good friends at Wikipedia? Uh, I think you should go back to Wikipedia, yeah. <laughs> Mate, I, I'm not going to lie to you, I got back on holiday last night. I, this was this was a, a lot of research done this morning in the early hours. Fair enough, I trust you. 
Question two. Oh, you, you do. Adrian doesn't, though. Okay, question two. What was the name of the book that he wrote about his footballing philosophy, while, which was released during his time at Grand Pursuit? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Week three questions. Week three questions. I'm going to say Le Professeur, but I don't know. With the spirit of conquest. I could have guessed for weeks and not got that. Sounds deep. <laughs> yeah, deeper than my knowledge. <laughs> Question three. The boss first visited Highbury to watch the Gunners play which team in 1989? Oh, my goodness. Liverpool. It was Tottenham. It was a little clue there. It's North London Derby week. I thought yeah. I'd throw that Oh, in. yeah. Yeah, guessing yeah, yeah. folklore, you see. You were, he was the guest, wasn't he, of uh, Mr was Dean, it? I think he was. Yeah. I didn't know for what game, though. Mm. Oh. Question four, and the final one. Who did the boss succeed as Monaco manager? Ooh. <laughs> oh. You're right over there, Russ. Is it Jean Tigana? Um, no, I think Tigana actually succeeded him. It was oh. Stefan Kovacs, the famous Ajax manager. I hate week three. <laughs> It's the worst punishment in the world to win week two. <laughs> Darky, well done, mate. I'm sure that puts you back on top in the overall standings. Thank we'll work them out one day. Yeah, thank you very much. So, Russ, uh, you'll be going on to a new subject next week, which will be? I will go with the first season that Arsenal were at Emirates Stadium. I know it's quite a broad one. I'm going to go that season because I've got a lovely media clock that I was given because by chance it was the game I was assigned that season first day and it's it's in a little pride of place placing I've got in my office so I always look at that and think one week I'll bring that in as my topic and it's needed now after that catastrophe so Arsenal's first season at Emirates Stadium 3-0 <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Such a good winner, Adrian Clark. I look forward to the tables being turned as he gets into weeks two and three with Charlie George. Uh, gentlemen, I would say a pleasure, but that's a little bit of a light. Liam, great to speak to you. Clarky, when do I have to speak to you again? Um, I'm actually not on duty at the uh, the North London Derby, so I'll be back doing a breakdown of that um, this time next week, uh, next Monday. The final word. Well, as it's the North London derby on Sunday, we thought the final word this week should belong to some of the Gunners' greatest goals in this fixture. Oh, Brady won it beautifully. Look at that! Oh, look at that! What a goal by Brady! Deep, deep one. Quinn hoping to get on the end of it. It comes to Allenson. Driven first time. It might go in here. Look at
looking for the best option here. Walcott's made a run in the penalty area. Suakoto, not very convincing clearance. Van Persie. Great strike, what a goal! That is a brilliant goal from Robin Van Persie, his 29th goal of the season, and none better. Walcott trying to go around Norton. He's done well, Walcott. Plays across in Mertesacker with a header! What a time to get your first goal for Arsenal. Per Mertesacker, it's 1-1. On to Thomas Rosicki. Walcott, chance for the Gunners. And Giroud's in there, and Arsenal have the lead. It's Olivier Giroud who puts Arsenal one goal to the good against Tottenham. Well, that's full-time on this week's show. Our thanks to Alex Iwobi, to Max Jones and Adrian Clark for their contributions today. We'd like to know how we're doing in the podcast, so please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. You can subscribe as well and find us on Acast. Remembering as well to get your questions in for Clarkie at the chalkboard on Twitter using the hashtag ArsenalWeekly. We're back on Monday the 20th of November. Until then, it's bye for now. And don't forget the latest Arsenal Weekly podcast stories is currently available where we hear about the life and times of the invincible Gilberto. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.